0: Guess who's back on his bullshit? That's right, and it's time to review Monday Night Raw. So, full disclosure, I was going to start back reviews last week. And then Goldberg came out to the ring, and I said, fuck no, I'm not doing this, <laughs> because it wasn't good. And after getting upset about Sting's debut in AEW, I just didn't want to be the guy who hates WCW legends. But um this week's episode was actually good, which is hard to admit. Like, it wasn't amazing. But it was serviceable. It was a serviceable episode of Raw. It opens with Triple H coming out to the ring after what's got to be two years out. Like, he's been gone for a while. I can't even Did he wrestle at WrestleMania 35? I, I do not remember. Um, but he comes out to the ring and basically is like he's there as the office at which point randall keith orton a man whose entire gimmick has been ruined in the past week because he went from i set people uh, uh, on fire and i'm an evil psycho to i'm just gonna bully some old people in the back old uh old randall comes out to the ring and basically challenges trips to a fight like full on he's like you're either here for one to give me the title, two to give me number 30 in the Royal Rumble, and if you're not either of those, we're going to fight. And um, that was the introduction. Triple H did great, but Triple H is always a great promo. He's talking about the fact that uh, he was so proud of Randy for setting the Fiend on fire because the Fiend was the one thing standing between Randy and the WWE Championship. I don't know how that math works, but apparently it's true. Um, so because of that, he uh, then goes on to say, but I don't understand why you're going after legends. G- setting the Fiend on fire was helping your career move forward. You were ruthless in getting what you wanted in that, I was- But going after these legends isn't getting you anything, which is a really nice dissection of the legend killer character. Like, yeah, it's cool to have the fact that you beat the Undertaker or whatever under your belt, but... What's it do for your career? It doesn't do anything, really. So, yeah, it was a nice little dissection. Randy challenges H to a fight. Triple H says, no, he's there as the office. He's not there for a fight. And then this is where it got rough, because instead of having anything clever to say, Randy pulls up the same, oh, Stephanie's got your balls in her purse, doesn't she, line that I think... I think you're you're legally required to use in a promo against Triple H at this point because everybody does it um so he does that, and then Triple H punches him in the face. And then Randy laughs and says, I guess that's a yes. And that was an opening segment. It was actually a killer opening segment. I'd say that was probably segment of the night, in my opinion. I really enjoyed it. Uh, then we get a recap of Lacey Evans flirting with Charlotte's dad last week. And, God, this storyline. I'm happy they got it out of the way early because this is the worst storyline going in WWE right now. Uh, Charlotte cuts a promo where I love the fact that she was like, it's 2021, why are you asking me about my dad? Because like yeah, Charlotte's a great performer on her own, and yet for some reason WWE is trying to rehash the old, oh everyone just calls me Ric Flair's daughter storyline, which they don't so I don't know why they're bringing it up uh, Lacey cuts a promo, she's the worst, and then we get a nice. Nice little message from Drew McIntyre where he tells you to wear a fucking mask, you freak. Put on the mask. Put on the mask. Be safe in public. Do social distancing because the WWE Champion has COVID and I, I hate it. So yeah, wear a mask. Fuck you, says Drew McIntyre. Then we get Lacey Evans versus Charlotte and I loathed this match. Not because I hate the storyline either. It's the fact that the storyline the the wrestling was not consistent with the storyline because you would think after what Lacey did last week, after flirting with Rick, after flirting with Rick and after all of this that Charlotte would be furious at her. In fact, her promo she even says I'm going to go teach this classless woman how to be a lady, which is a nice shot at Lacey's gimmick. And yet the match began with Charlotte smiling and then they lock up, which I understand that's like the basic way to begin a match, but that's not how the storyline needs to work. That's not how the story needed to work. Charlotte needed to come out like a house of fire, beat down Lacey Evans, show that you do not disrespect the name of Charlotte Flair, pin her and all that. And then like within another minute of the match, Charlotte goes for a roll up and I'm like, "No, that that's what ends" That if, if you roll her up and get the victory, that means you can't hurt her anymore. It made no sense. I really, really didn't like it. Uh, the only moment of the match I really enjoyed was Charlotte... She's so, she has such good core strength that she just had Lacey like in a leg headlock, which in the leg, leg scissors, and she was just flinging her around the ring using her legs. It was really fun. But then Ric Flair comes out and they go to commercial immediately because apparently WWE thinks this is a two segment match. But I will say there are parts of these, uh, this show I'm going to go a little bit easy on because they lost drew mcintyre i am sure the main event of this show was supposed to be a 30 minute classic between orton and mcintyre for the wwe championship but then mcintyre got pulled out so they knew triple h and orton they weren't going to give away triple h versus orton for 30 minutes so they started making up time during the show and i guess this is one of the ways is by making this two segments long so rick comes out Charlotte comes out like a house of fire, beats down Lacey, but at the very last minute, much like last week, Rick Flair trips Charlotte, allowing Lacey to reverse, I think it was a suplex attempt, maybe, and lands straight on top of her, gets the pinfall one, two, three. Lacey Evans has pinned Charlotte Flair once again, but now has fully aligned with Rick. Like she is leaving wrapping her tie his tie around her. It was is very uncomfortable let's move forward um we get a promo from keith lee and this was actually a very very fun segment because like i said Miz and morrison work well when they get to play like dick dastardly mid carters they are such cartoon characters and it worked really well in this segment where they come out uh sheamus initially comes out goes up to keith lee puts over his uh his match last week with drew which was very very good then Miz and morrison come out and basically say it was good but you lost And then they're like, I will fight you. And they're like, okay, there's a match tonight. Segment ends. (laughs) There was actually, it wasn't exactly like that. But yeah, that was the segment. And then, shock of the year for me, and it's only January. Jeff Hardy versus Elias is still going. I thought that ended. I thought that ended when when fucking Elias got electrocuted and Jeff cracked his head on steel steps but apparently not Um, so that's still happening and uh, Elias comes out to the ring he's got his fingers wrapped up and says I can't wrestle my hand is injured leading Jackson Riker to take his place and and what is like the fastest match I have ever seen Jeff gets a little bit of a comeback goes to the top rope goes for a swanton but before he can hit it elias distracts him allowing jackson riker the this massive beast i yes i know he's a shit person but he's a massive man he won by a roll up yeah that's how you do it so he wins by a roll up because fuck it uh, elias and jackson start to exit and then um hardy grabs a mic because we have to keep we got to keep adding time into the show and says Elias I think the only reason you don't want to fight tonight is because you don't want to admit Jackson Riker is better than you and that's a nice way to get Elias into another match so now we have Elias versus Jeff Hardy uh the best part of this in my opinion was Elias looking at Jackson before the match and going hey don't interfere in this match wink no matter what happens don't don't come in the ring wink it was very good and then it was a it was a match it was a basic match i've seen these two wrestle so many times that i'm like yeah that's what these two can do and then at the end of the match uh jeff hits the swan todd gets the pinfall jackson gets in the ring and elias looks up at him and he goes why didn't you help me and jackson which i hate because he's he's a magig idiot but he looks at him and he goes you told me not to. It was a very good moment. Like I said, Rob, it, it wasn't any of the bad stuff outside of the Ric Flair angle. None of it was offensive. Like, even if the stuff that was bad was still pretty good. Then we get Morrison and Miz taking on Keith Lee and Sheamus in a match that was set up earlier in the night. You want to see some big boys do a bunch of punches? Because that's what this was. This was some vicious work from Keith Lee and Sheamus. And moment of the night has to come for when Morrison is backed up into the corner. Keith Lee charges him, connects, and then the whole ass turnbuckle gets ripped out of the ring post. Causing Keith Lee to go from, you know, aggressive Keith Lee, yeah, to did i do that like he looked up with the best smile it was great um then i got mad because they started to put the ring with the ring ropes back up i'm like no let him wrestle with them off you can fix that later um but yeah that was it was fucking great um then lee gets the hot tag probably the best hot tag i've seen in a while destroys morrison and miz and then, right before he can hit his hit the spirit bomb, Seamus blind tags gets in and hits a broke kick. And I loved this because I believe it was last week or sometime recently where uh, Keith Lee blind tagged to Seamus, and Seamus was mad. This time, Keith was smiling, like he just kind of looked at him, like "You son of a bitch, why would you do that?" And that was really cool. I enjoyed that. I really liked the chemistry that Seamus has with a lot of these guys, because he's been around forever. You can tell he's friends with everybody, and I like the chemistry between Drew, Keith Lee, and Seamus. Like, that's a fun little trio there. And then they go to commercial. Actually, no, no, no. first thing, Triple H, he wants to fight. There, there, there's a promo, and then we come back and Sheamus and Keith Lee are fighting for no apparent reason. Like you could have filmed an angle during commercial and showed it, like showed Keith Lee like pull like shaking Sheamus's hand, then pulling him in close, like "Don't you dare blind tag on me ever again," and then Sheamus popping him in the mouth. Like you could have done that, but no, they were just like they're fighting now. Because we lost a 30-minute main event, and we gotta make up time somewhere. And this is one of those times where something bullshit happens, and I'm okay with it because of what I get. Like, I'm like, yeah, for the sake of storyline, I don't like it, but I do get to see a fucking Haas battle. And that's exactly what it was. It was just two big boys, two big men, slapping meat going at it uh at one point keith just goes you think you tough so he's just beating the shit out of sheamus it was great um sheamus has gotten so good in the last year honestly like he had that classic with riddle he's had some really good matches he's adopted a more technical style which i like a lot and i love his new like i've said it before his new like peaky blinders alcoholic Irish guy that just wants to beat people up. I really dig that. I really, really dig that. Um, Keith gets the spirit bomb for the finish. And yeah, it was a good match. After the match, they look at each other and you can see that aggression. And then they just pull each other in for a hug. I do like this new thing all the top baby faces on Raw are getting, which is just, yeah, we'll fight. I don't fucking care. I'll fight whoever. I'll fight my best friend. But afterwards, we'll go have a pint. Like, yeah, it's real cool. Um, Then we get a recap of last week's main event, and then Goldberg, Goldberg, fuck. And McIntyre responds to Goldberg. And this promo was essentially, hey, what the fuck? He was like, I grabbed the microphone and I wanted to thank all the legends at Ringside. And then some fucking bullshit happened. And then he just looks at him. He goes, You let your legacy down, Bill. And I went, Shit. That's very, very good. He, he he was just McIntyre calling out Goldberg for bullshit and basically says the only reason you want to do this is because you've never had this, the WWE Championship, which I, I don't know if that's correct. Has Goldberg really never had the WWE? Because I know he's had the World Heavyweight. I'm actually Googling this. He's never had the WWE, and he's never had the Universal Championship. And he's had the Universal Championship, but I... Has he really never won the main championship this whole time? That's the other problem with having two World Heavyweight Championships on your show, is when you say something like, you never held the big title. I'm like, well, yeah, but was it this big title or the other big title? You know, like, that's the... Well, yeah, he has never held the WWE Championship. That's interesting. Um, Then uh, Matt Riddle annoys Lucha House Party backstage because he's going to fight Bobby Lashley later that night, and he just needs to annoy somebody. Then we get Xavier Woods versus T-Bar, which was... Fucking great. Now we did come at the caveat of the sad announcement that unfortunately Kofi Kingston is out with a jaw injury, I believe, right now. But yeah, I'm excited to see Singles Woods, and he certainly put on a fucking performance here. Like it it started off as a bump and feed, which is really what you have to do for T-Bar. He's such a massive force that to really build him up, you have just gotta let him do everything. Keep bumping, keep feeding, then Xavier gets a massive comeback. But at the last last minute uh he gets distracted by the rest of retribution T-Bar picks him up feast your eyes which i think they renamed eyes wide shut or something like that which is fucking gross um but yeah hits feast your eyes which is probably one of my favorite finishers in WWE today T-Bar wins and i just yeah make retribution baby faces like i i know it sounds bizarre cuz usually in the world of wrestling it's like how do we fix this oh make them heal. no I think a babyface retribution stable could easily be the best shit ever. Like imagine babyface shield but coming with the added charisma of Mustafa Ali and how like like imagine if the SHIELD and were they called the Carnies? What was the group with um Kurgan and all of them in it? The Oddities. Yeah, that's that's who I'm thinking of. Yeah. Imagine if like the SHIELD and the Oddities had a weird little baby. That's what Retribution could be. And it could be really, really fun. So now we get a promo from Randy Orton where he just says, he's, we're going to fight. <laughs> we're going to fight right, later. I do love Psycho Randy where he's just like, Triple H knows everything about me. But one thing he doesn't realize that's changed is I have a new hatred for myself. But I use that hate because I'm a spooky, scary man. And I'm like, you bullied people backstage, you little weirdo. Now we get Riddle versus Lashley. And this was a real Kushida versus Velveteen dream match for me because I just got to revel in seeing a shitty person get the crap kicked out of him. And yeah, that's exactly what happened. Bobby Lashley decimated Riddle. Like, he destroyed him. Within the first minute of the match, Riddle had, like, a busted lip. And that just added to the brutality as Bobby kept beating him down and beating him down. And then after the match... Because, yeah, it ended quickly. Like, Riddle tried for that bullshit from last week where he kicked off the ropes, distracted the referee, tapped out, and then rolled up Lashley because I guess they're trying to make him Eddie Guerrero or maybe Orange Cassidy. I don't know what they're doing with this guy. Um, tries for that again, but Lashley keeps him away from the ropes, and he is forced to tap out with both arms. So Riddle has been absolutely destroyed. He still grabs a microphone, though, and he still is like, Hey, MVP, I couldn't beat Bobby Lashley, but I can beat you. Like, okay, yeah, I gotta see Matt Riddle more today. Cool. And yeah, MVP in plain clothes has a match against Riddle. And MVP actually looks pretty good coming out of this. Hits the uh, ball and elbow. But then at the very last minute, uh, fucking Lashley just comes in, spears Riddle out of his non-existent shoes, and they lead a beatdown on Matt Riddle. And I loved this because the Hurt Business has gotten boring lately it is kind of forgotten who it was it's forgotten that they just come out and beat the living hell out of people it's forgotten how violent it can be and this week was a nice reminder of that it was very very fun then we get a promo between AJ Styles and Adam Pierce who is the number one contender to the universal championship and I know not everyone likes that but I've seen what Adam Pierce could do and that makes me very fucking excited (laughs) So uh, AJ sets up like, hey, if I win the Royal Rumble and you go on and you somehow beat Roman Reigns, we could be in the main event of WrestleMania. And Pierce is like, shut the fuck up. I've got to do my job because I am still an official. At which point Drew Gulak comes out and says he wants to be in the Royal Rumble. And uh, this was kind of weird because I've never seen WWE publicly outside of a few times be like, Well, Drew, you've got to earn your way into the Rumble. AJ Styles is in the Rumble because he's AJ Styles. I'm like... Okay, just blatantly show the double standard there. But yeah, uh, it was really fun, and then it sets up a match that could have been phenomenal, pun intended. AJ Styles versus Drew Gulak. If Drew manages to win, he gets put into the Royal Rumble. And I was excited for this because I was like, I know how good Drew Gulak is. And he was like this match, it was very short, but it was very good. Um but then Drew gets tossed out of the ring. And then almost scares him and he goes back into the ring and gets hit with a phenomenal forearm and gets pinned. And I'm like, nah, fam, no, this needed to be, in my opinion, like, do you guys remember before he joined uh, Seth Rollins and before the Rey Mysterio bullshit, when Murphy was in that weird storyline where people thought he ran over Roman Reigns with a tractor or whatever that storyline was? Yeah, he put on classics with Roman, with Daniel Bryan I think he actually beat Daniel Bryan That's what this needed to be You could promote Gulak a little bit Build him up Put him on the level of possibly getting a United States Championship match and, yeah, put him in the Rumble. And then people see him as an underdog in the Rumble. Someone to root for. But, no, he just kind of gets kicked out at the last minute. But, yeah, I'm, I'm. this is one of the moments where I'm like, I'm kind of glad they had time to waste. Because they gave them more time than I think they were originally planning to. This match maybe wasn't even planned. But yeah, I liked it. It was a really good match. It was really, really fun. It was fun back and forth. It was like being in Chikara all over again. So now they do a like five minute video explaining who Goldberg is in case you've forgotten in the past two years, and yeah, I just skipped that. I did not watch that and then i had it had a really cool moment where Keith Lee came up to Triple H and was like, "You've had my back since I've came here." Let me have your back. Let me take on a and I fought him before. I can do it again. I'm two matches in. I can go for three. And Triple H says, "No, I have to do this. I have to end what I started." And I like this. I like, I, I like NXT guys showing us how much Triple H has done for them. Like, I honestly wouldn't mind in the future a stable of NXT guys led by Triple H, like running roughshod. Like that would be really fun because I like. It shows a more personable side to Triple H because we either get the game or we get corporate age. We don't really get the personable side of him. And this was a fun moment showing that. Then we get a tag match between Nia Jackson, and Shayna Baszler versus Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. And this I love this rivalry. I love it for um, I can't wait to see them win the tag titles. Oh, wait. This isn't a fucking rivalry for the tag title. And this is where Scotty gets on his soapbox again. Because all of this could be so much better if you made one small change back at TLC. And that change is Charlotte Flair turning heel, kicking Asuka in the face, and allowing Shayna Baszler to pin her because now instead of this weird rick flair bullshit heading into the rumble we get charlotte versus oscar which is oscar seeking revenge for all those years ago when charlotte ended her streak and then we get Naya and Baszler versus Mandy and Dana, who I surprisingly do not hate. Dana Brooke is okay. Mandy Rose has gotten so much better. And yeah, you would have had two great storylines coming out of that. And, and like, that's even better for Mandy and Dana, because imagine if they did win against Baszler and Naya you can say they did what Asuka and Charlotte couldn't. I mean, yeah, there would have been the heel turn bullshit in there, but even still, like, yeah, it was it was a pretty good match. The end of it was okay. Um, Nia is backed up in the corner going for something. Shayna blind tags, and then just full-on chokes out Mandy. Like, it was like she just clocked in for work at Dunkin' Donuts. She was like, alright, time to make the donuts, and she's dead. And then Jax looks very, very upset because of the blind tag, at which point and I thought, is there going to be a match between them when we come back from commercial? But no. Instead, we go to commercial and we we come back. It's Randy Orton versus Triple H in a fight. And that's the thing they kept saying this entire match. This isn't a standard match. This is a fight. The fuck does that mean? There's no stakes to this. It's just watching two dudes do some punches, which I understand. A lot of people is like, that's all wrestling is, but it's going towards something it's going towards uh in a last man standing match going towards making sure he stays down or going towards making sure he says i quit going towards a three count it's always moving forward this wasn't it was just kind of there and also because of how long triple h and randy's or, or orton's entrances are They had, like, fucking seven minutes to do this whole thing. So, all night, people have been waiting for Randy Orton and Triple H to fight, and they got seven minutes of it. And Orton quickly takes control, beats Triple H all the way around the ringside area, but triple h reverses sends orton into the steel steps before rolling him to the ring and sledgey's back that's right the sledgehammer is here he's pulling it out he's going into the ring and i loved this as he's starting to get into the ring the lights start shutting out obviously showing the fiend is here and triple h like sees it and then goes ah fuck it and then gets in the ring and then more lights shut out and you see him go uh, should I be worried? I'll be fine And then more lights shut out And then he finally goes Alright let's fucking end it Picks up the sledgehammer The sledgehammer's on fire It was so good And that that was the moment I said Okay they're turning this around This is fucking good So then the lights shut out And then I assumed this part was pre-taped because you couldn't see the screens in the Thunderdome. So I assume they had done this earlier in the show and Triple H is gone. This, the entire aura of the arena is a lot darker. And at that point I said, are we about to get the cocoon opening the darker version of the fiend? No, it's Alexa bliss. And I said, okay, this is interesting. And then she holds up her little glove that says pain. Because what is it? It's play and pain, I think, on her gloves. I can't remember. Holds it up and looks at Randy. And I said, oh, he's about to turn around into a fucking Sister Abigail. Or into anything. The fiend's here. No, instead she fucking shot a cannon in his face. And I was like, you, you, you were doing so good. WWE you were doing so good And then you had Alexa Bliss Shoot a man in the face With a cannon <laughs> And in true WWE fashion Raw went off the air With Randy Orton going He's he's okay at selling But god those sound effects were the worst my face (laughs) and i was like shit (laughs) they were doing so great and then fireball i leveled up in DD i can use fireball now take that randall then i'm like fuck okay so, yeah, Raw was, uh, Raw was actually good. I think I'm gonna give this one a, uh, a medium well. No, no, medium well means bad. This is medium raw. So it's not medium, so it's like a four out of five, basically. Uh, it's not full on raw because I did still have to watch Ric Flair trip his own daughter in an attempt to maintain relevancy. But, uh, yeah, outside of that, it was good. Now, I will say I was a little, I, in uh, all of my reviews, you do need to take with a grain of salt because, I didn't watch this live, meaning I got to skip commercials and entrances and recaps and all that. Basically, I'm giving you the distilled version of Raw, and making sure, like, and it sucks, because if you watch it at 1.5 speed, and skip entrances, recaps, and all of that, it takes you about 45 minutes to watch all of Raw. That's how much extra shit they pack in there. So, for the distilled, good version of Raw, 4 out of 5. It was actually pretty, pretty good. But do you agree? Do you disagree? Let me know on Twitter at ScottyMo, S-C-O-T-T-Y-E, and and remember to donate to us on patreon we got extra videos over there we got extra content and we have our exclusive discord where you can hang out chat and watch wrestling live with us every monday wednesday friday yeah that's when shows are (laughs) and as always remember to follow us on twitter at fight boy show because when you're a fight boy you're a fight boy for life